Reading FC were unable to hold on to a two-goal lead at home to QPR for the second season in a row as a fine 2-0 lead created by a Jeff Hendrick double fell to a disappointing 2-2 draw. Welcome to episode 323 of the Tireless Den podcast, the podcast by Reading fans. For Reading fans, I'm your host, Mark Mayo. Joining me this week to talk about some Ranger danger is Harry Chafer. How's it going, mate? Yeah, hi Mark. Yeah, not too bad. It's good to be back on the pod and uh, we'll, we'll talk about what happened yesterday. Yeah, we've got a, a lot to unpack, I think it's fair to say. Later on as well, we'll be doing uh, the mailbag here in your questions and looking ahead to the Stoke game next week. I've also got a pub chat, the return of pub chat this week, where we look at uh, a little bit of something different around Reading Football Club. Paula Martin from Star is joining me to talk about Star and the Reading FC women's team who are back underway today as well. So uh yeah, let's get into some recap then. The 2-2 draw for the QPR game. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, ZCZ Films, and our Patreon subscribers as we get into that. So let's talk about that game yesterday afternoon. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films, Reading's oldest ultras. Well, it was a bit of a Jeff Hendrick spectacular to start with, Harry. That was the uh, that was the storyline, wasn't it? I mean, an absolute cracker from a good 30-yard distance, a real daisy cutter of a goal put red in ahead. And then I think the second one was from about half a yard out, which was also just as valuable. So Reading looking pretty good. And I mean, to talk about Jeff Hendrick at the start, we've not really signed him for his goals, has he? And Paul Lynch saying after the game that, He's probably had a bit of unfair criticism. I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that we've actually been a bit harsh on Jeff Hendrick because he's not he's not really kind of been a fan favourite since joining alone, has he? No, he's I don't he's failed to live up to those expectations that that I think we all had. I think we were all pretty impressed with the signing when when he came in. Um, partly due to our situation, we didn't think we'd be able to get get in a player of that kind of stature. Um, but yeah, maybe he has become a bit of a scapegoat. I mean, I think football fans have a tendency to uh, to pick out a single player if they're not performing that well and the team's not performing that well. But um, yeah, I think he's just failed to to live up to to expectations. But I mean, that first goal in particular yesterday was was pretty impressive. I mean, I didn't quite realise how far out it was until I watched the uh, the replays after the game because I sit in in Club eighteen seventy one. But yeah, it was some strike, and I mean that's the only sort of place he could have put it to to score. I think uh, just kissing the post as it came, as it went in, and then yeah, that second goal was uh, I think the complete opposite. I mean, it, it would have summed up Chef's, Chef's luck and season if he'd have been called offside for that. I think, um, and then it would have been disallowed. Um, but um, yeah, two really important goals and puts in a really good position. And um, as we were saying just before we 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 came on air, you know, not dropping a point. Um, after being in front at home all season, um, you'd have thought that would have that would have got us been enough for all three points. Sorry, but yeah, it wasn't to be. Yeah, I think that the the it is a, it is an interesting stat that I, I didn't realise until after the game is that this is the first time we've dropped points from a winning position at home all season, and that's yeah. in all competitions we've got back to draws and and lost. But yeah, it's. 
It's an interesting one. I suppose the, the key moment that Paul Ince picked out as well was that this three potential 3-0 three penalty on Shane Long. Was there, was there much in it? I think it's usually quite telling that the club didn't even include it in their highlights package, which you contrast yeah. that to the Burnley one when Tom Ince got fouled and didn't get given a penalty. The club went really big on that. So I think yeah. maybe, I don't know, Was it? do you think it was a penalty? I mean, I don't think it was Tom Ince at Burnley levels of... Um, of penalty like stone it wasn't stonewall was it I, I i have to say from my view again i I didn't have the best view and to me it looked like a bit of a 50 50 shoulder barge um that you know i would have been very surprised if it had been given but you know ince was was adamant wasn't he in his in his post-match uh interviews so um but you know paul ince has, has a bit of history for saying uh dubious things in his in his uh interviews so Maybe you take that with a pinch of salt, but yeah, I haven't seen any other fa- fans really uh, back that up either and say it was as stonewall as as Ince is saying. So yeah, I think we we can sort of forget about that one uh, in in all honesty. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think that Long's probably looking for it at the end of the day, and the referee has a decision to make. But he's pretty happy not to uh, not to make it um, or not to give it at least. So and then yeah, then then it gets into the second half, and it's just such a a bit of a switch and I suppose you can you can play this one so many ways can't you you can play it as a as a typical championship game where two teams that aren't brilliant and it kind of you know the pendulum swings and all that sort of stuff I suppose from a Reading perspective we only had three shots in the second half and that was all in kind of one flurry as well so did yeah. did, did we just give like I don't give up isn't really the word is it but did we just kind of back off too much and sit on the lead a bit too much and actually just forget how to how to play. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a mixture of things. I mean, QPR were always going to be a little bit better than they were in the first half, in the second half. So we always had to expect some kind of reaction. But um, I think Ince was right in what he said after the game that you know this we have a tendency to go ahead and just protect it, and you know maybe that's just a byproduct of not winning many games in the past couple of years. That um, you know, but it's our natural instinct to drop back and sort of invite pressure where, you know, we, there probably could, we could have caused a bit more damage on the, on the counter attack. And, you know, we'd showed in the first half that, you know, even away from Jeff's, Jeff Hendricks, two goals, we were causing them problems and, you know, Shane Long had a good chance in the first half, I remember. So, yeah, I think it's a mixture of QPR being a little bit better and putting us under a bit more pressure and getting the likes of chair and field on on the ball a bit more. Um, and also us just having, I think it's a natural instinct to just sit in deep, but whether that stems from the manager, because, you know, we know he's quite a pragmatic coach and, you know, a bit of a, he knows the situation we're in where we just need to pick up points or whether it's something that's just a bit, natural within the players to sit back I, I don't know but you know we're quite lucky that it hasn't come come back to bite us on more occasions than it has um so that's something that needs to be looked at I think yeah I think that is the fact that it is the first time this has happened this season is a little bit of a it's been coming I suppose is the way that I would put it it's not actually a it's a it's a bit of a surprise that it was the first time and I mean the first, you look at the goals I mean the first goal Tom Holmes gets kind of caught high up the pitch and, and Naby Sar doesn't move over to take the three man you end up kind of with two two markers on one player and then uh, and Roberts is free 
A second goal, I mean, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? And Tom Holmes, again, tracks his man out of the box. Then he doesn't actually drop back in when his mark is neutralised. And it's a good ball in, but Baba Rahman doesn't attack the ball and it's a bit of a clumsy kind of touch. And actually, it's a really good Joe Lumley save that, that palms it over to Roberts to finish off. And I think yeah. it's it's a bit of an overload, isn't it? But it's, I, I don't know if you've noticed on the, the time and on the highlights, but it's a class Lumley save and almost bails us out there. Yeah, yeah, it's... um. It, it was a really good save, but you know, the, I think there's three three men at the back post, wasn't there, for the second goal, completely free. Yeah, um, it's just yeah, it's just frustrating. I mean, Lumley have made a really good save. I think it was at two one, not far, not long before that. Um, so you know, I think it was it was it was coming, and you could see that second goal, that second goal coming up, pretty much an exact replica of the QPR home game last season, where as soon as it got to three <clears> two. <throat> then yeah I think it was coming which is which is annoying because you know we've sort of built a confidence in our game management um I I certainly have as a fan watching you know I'm not as nervous when we're when it's 10 minutes to go and we're we're winning um than than I have been in previous years but yeah it's frustrating couple of goals to concede I mean I thought the first first one and first instance was was a was a good goal from Roberts. Um, I think he did well. So I think he got past uh, Scott Dan and then rolled it past Lumley. Um, then the yeah the second one just spoke about is is frustrating. But you know we live and we learn. I guess. Yeah, that's the question for Reading now is how we kind of bounce back from it. We'll talk a little bit more about this in Mailbag because there's some good questions on a on kind of Paul Lintz's role in this. But um, we'll hear from Paul Lintz now. Hear what he had to say about the game, and then yeah, we'll go into mailbag and hear from you guys. I'm disappointed with the referee because we had a blatant penalty on Shane Long. That puts that puts the game to bed. That's three 0 They're not coming back for that. He made a poor, poor, poor decision. Um, that what that annoys me up because I've done it. We had it at Burnley. Um, but take penalty decision well. That blatant penalty away. Um, not happy with the second performance. Second up performance. We've come out too passive, and I and I don't know what it is with this sometimes or maybe it's before I got here every time we get a lead they want to protect it and they got they go deeper and deeper and deeper and, and you can't you've got to keep playing the same way first half I thought we were we had numerous chances um, and deserved a two goal lead to be fair I mean they had one or two skirmishes but overall to come in at 2-0 you know you're quite I'm quite content we haven't played well to be fair didn't kick the ball well in the first half and you're walking 2-0 up so as a manager yes I'm quite pleased with that second half I'm just saying clean sheet clean sheet kick not so much doing what you're doing, but improving different little elements of the game. We need to keep the ball better. We need to get on the ball. We need to get our high up the park. We did none of those. For all the latest Reading news, analysis and opinion, visit the website at thetilehurstend.com. You can always get in touch with the show on the Gmail, thetilehurstend.gmail.com. Also the Facebook and the Twitter. Always put out a call up for questions in advance of the recording. DW's got in touch today. Saying, what do you think was going through Paul Lintz's head when making those substitutions? I mean, it was a, it was an interesting one. I think it's fair to say. Unfortunately, we lost Sam Hutchinson in the fifteenth minute, so that was one sub gone. Shane Long coming on, and I mean, that just, I think he said three to four weeks with a bit of an Achilles issue for Hutchinson. So that's a classic, classic Sam Hutchinson. Unfortunately, back as back and pretty quickly gone. So um, yeah, that's that's how it happened. But then the sixty-first minute. 
Um, Tom McIntyre on from Amadou Loom in uh, midfield, and then Junior Hoylick coming off for Scott Dan, which meant that Andy Yeardon went back into kind of um, right back, and then yeah, Dan in the middle with Saar and Holmes, and I guess you could say that is a, a very negative change. Obviously, taking a player like Hoylick off. Um, you look at the other options that he had on the bench, maybe in Benge would have been a bit better, someone a bit more kind of agility to to manage the game and, and neutralise the, the QPR threat in that sense. Um, we did have later on after the first goal, Yaku Meite and Lucas Shao came on for Shane Long and Andy Carroll. So, I mean, that's just a bit of a change up front. I'm not really sure Lucas Shao is someone that you're going to play on the counter-attack much with. But I can understand putting Mate on for Carroll. So, I don't know, what do you make of those substitutions? Was it kind of overly negative or was this kind of, maybe this result was going to come anyway? Yeah, well, I actually thought the starting lineup was a bit too negative. Um, with I know Ince has been deployed in that forward role quite quite a bit, but I think at home we can afford to drop him back into midfield and, and go with two genuine strikers. And I'm, I don't think it's a coincidence that our fortunes sort of changed a bit when Hutchinson went off, unfortunately, and and Long came on. So we had, did have those two strikes on the pin, pitch and we were a bit more uh, fluid and attacking-minded. And then, yeah, those substitutions. Um, I mean, I feel for McIntyre a little bit because I think I'd, if you asked him and twisted his arm, I don't think he really wants to be playing in all of these different positions. I mean, he's played left wing back left centre-back and in midfield three in, you know, the space of a couple of weeks, really. Um, so, I don't, and I don't, I'm not convinced with him in that role either. Um, I'd much rather see him in that left centre-back role. And then, yeah, to to bring Scott Dan on, um, you know, he, I think he really does look like a 35-year-old who hasn't played much football, doesn't he? Um, he's... He just looks a bit off the pace at the minute. Um, and obviously, he's trying to build that match fitness back up. Um, and then, yeah, at, for those two subs to be made on 60 minutes as well was was quite early. And, you know, even for Ince, I think that's, that's pretty negative pretty early on. So, yeah, I mean, it's nothing we haven't really seen before from Ince. We've, we've criticised his substitutions in the past and, you know, he, he has a tendency to be a bit overly negative. But... I think the fact that we've actually gone on to to lose three points um, this time around has sort of shone a bit of a brighter light on it. Yeah, there's been actually a lot of games when Ince hasn't made subs, particularly when we're losing. He, he tends to make subs quite late in that in those scenarios. And yeah, I, th- I think it is. I think Mbengue would have been the better shout coming on. I, I think given that we'd already put McIntyre on for Loom was. I think we probably had covered off enough of a defensive mindset. And then, yeah, I've already said that I don't think putting Zhao on when you're ahead is going to do much. He's not going to really, you know, counter attack and, and carry the ball up much field, up field much, is he? So, JP, with the other question then this week, what have I done to deserve all these years of Reading torment? Um, which is a, to kind of twist that question a little bit. I thought that this game is probably. You know, we're talking about playoffs and all this sort of stuff. It's kind of a little bit tongue-in-cheek when we talk about playoffs, but Reading would have only been two points off the playoffs had we won this game. We obviously would have been talking about that and, you know, we'd be, I think, 10th and and looking forward and all this sort of stuff. But I think it's these sort of games are the games that are going to mean that fairy tale finish just isn't, it probably isn't going to happen in reality, is it? And, you know, we've still got a lot of the season to go. We could end up in a relegation battle, obviously. But... 
I think this is the sort of game where you need to close that out. And particularly with our away form not being particularly special, I think that's the sort of one that it means that we are probably looking at a championship season again next year, aren't we? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that playoff talk for me anyway is most definitely tongue-in-cheek, you know. Um, our priority is to is to stay up the season. Um, I mean, for us to even be comfortable that we're going to be in the championship next season is good enough for good enough for me. Um, I mean, going back to the original question, you know, I think it's part and parcel of of uh, being a Reading fan, um, years of torment. And um, unless you support one of the big boys, you're going to have your fair share of uh, ups and downs. And, you know, this league is so, so tight this season, even for the championship standards. Um, you know, we always say how tight it, tight it is and anyone can beat anybody. But, you know, just for there being only like four or five points between the playoffs and I think it's like 16th or 15th is, is ridiculous. So even though it is a, you know, it's disappointing to 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 drop two points and and draw the game. You know, you, you still never know. You know, we could be in a relegation battle come come May, or we could, you know, be trying to sneak into the top six. It, um, I think we've shown that um, we can we can mix it with with the best in this league this season. But we've also shown that you know we can get <laughs> we're gonna have pretty shocking days and and get pumped by three or four. So. Yeah, you just never know, but I'm not getting any. I'm not getting carried away with any any playoff talk myself. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, looking at the table at the moment, it's interesting that three of the teams in the playoffs, Watford, Middlesbrough, and West Brom, have all had pretty poor results at times this year. Certainly, Middlesbrough and West Brom started badly, and they've changed their manager, and now they're now they're flying. And Norwich um, changed their manager and won four 0 at Preston yesterday. Which, I mean, that'll just be so boring, wouldn't it? If it's Watford. West Brom and Norwich in the playoffs and Burnley and Sheffield United going up. But, you know, anything can happen. Sunderland, even Swansea, who are terrible when we played them, are, are doing all right. And we're not a million miles away. So I think that 11-point gap to the to the relegation zone is the key thing at the moment. And Stoke, um, which we'll get onto in a little bit, will be a good litmus test to see if we are going to drop into that kind of rabble of teams that are actually a few points below Reading at the moment. But it won't take much to... a for them to catch us, let's go into some pub chat now then. Welcome Paul and Martin to the show and uh, talk about the Reading FC women's team and a little bit of start as well. You're listening to the Tarhurst End podcast by Reading fans for Reading fans. Welcome back to the show and welcome to Pub Chat, the part of the show where we like to kind of shine a light on parts of the Reading FC uh, club and community that we don't always get to do full justice to. And to do that with me this week and talk the women's team and a little bit of style as well is Paula Martin. How's it going, Paula? Yeah, fine. Looking forward to the women's game coming back after after the winter break. It's uh, I've missed it. Yes, we have. I mean, it's after the podcast is recorded today, but we'll probably by the time you're uh, listening to this, you'll know the score that Reading are playing Everton away to uh, restart the Women's Super League season in a bit of an interesting spot. And actually, the return of the Reading season, which we'll get onto in a second, has kind of been overshadowed in a way by what's been a kind of, I suppose, kind of controversial topic has come up, but also maybe that's controversial in the way that it's come up, but actually is a very prescient and very important topic has come up in this Emma Mukandi, who is the captain of the women's team, um, coming out and saying that when she fell pregnant um, about 18 months ago or so, was it? Or probably a bit longer than that. She, a bit longer than that now, yes. Yeah, didn't feel like she was necessarily supported by the club. Um, 
And we've had the manager come out and say that, you know, we've, we did kind of more than we perhaps needed to, but at the same point, you know, she's accepted that, that Reading need to kind of keep learning and, and keep building. So Kelly Chambers coming out and saying that was, was good. But then I suppose it, it leaves us kind of wondering exactly kind of what happened and, and what's your kind of sense, sense of it all, Paula? Well, I find it interesting that Emma's actually tweeted and basically said, I wasn't criticising the club. I was trying to help it move forward so that whoever does this next time, they do it better, which is a very different thing to the way it came out initially. It, it came out as a criticism and, and I've been hard done by rather than it could have been done better and I want to help the club to do it better. Which, you know, which, which is, I would hope, what everybody would, would be the approach they take. Yeah, it was in there was a couple of other comments that she came out with, uh, particularly as being captain, saying that the the standards of the team were perhaps quite not what she's seen before. I mean, she's played for Arsenal before and and the Scottish national team, which I guess are probably higher or definitely are higher levels than what Reading are used to. And uh, you know, yeah. as a, as a club in the WSL, it's very much one of the you know probably less well funded clubs. Certainly not oh, as not got the uh, not got the tradition as like Chelsea and Arsenal at least. Um, well, it's not just the tradition. It doesn't have the Premier League money behind it. It's the only one in the WSL that doesn't have Premier League money behind it. Um, and and we all know uh, what the position with money is at the moment in the club. It's 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 all very definitely under the microscope. So I'm not I'm not really surprised in that respect. Um, and we and we are still punching above our weight. And long may that last. Yeah, for sure. I suppose on this on this kind of topic is that I suppose the the thing to kind of take from it is that the, it it kind of shows that the women's game as a professional entity is still very young, isn't it? And still that yeah. these sorts of things are going to be coming up, and and they they aren't going to get it right all the time. And that there's, it's so long as they are actually learning and improving. And it is, you know, it's not just Reading, obviously, that has to deal with this. There's kind of the white shorts campaign at the moment that I yep, think it's the absolutely. England team has said they're not going to play in white shorts after the World Cup in the summer because of period issues and stuff like that. There's also even in like in tennis this week, there's no Naomi Osaka's announced that she's pregnant and is taking a year out of the game. It's These things are very specific issues to women's football and women's sport. And that so long as there is progress being made, then I think it's something that... I mean, it's obviously difficult for the for the sports people that are in it at the moment and the sports women in it. But I guess from a fan's perspective, that's kind of all we can ask, I guess. It is. And, and for, for many years, women have just played sports uh, and until they've had a family and then very often just given up the sport. You know, in lots of ways, the fact that Emma's back and playing and is, is back as captain it is, is brilliant. It shows that, that women's sport is now becoming... Uh, more of a, a career rather than a, a you know the, the start of a career and then it, it gets completely uh, hijacked by by having a family yeah for sure well let's talk about the return of the season then Everton later on Reading find themselves 10th in the league didn't actually finish the uh the first half of the season badly at all there was the uh the narrow defeat at Chelsea winning at home to yeah. Tottenham and a draw with a with Liverpool and I suppose what's the what's the state of the the team at the moment then where what's the kind of hopes for the second half of the season well I, just like the men's team there's been problems occasionally with with injuries which which disrupts it I don't think um Kelly's been able to to play a um a consistent team all the time uh, 
And and a little bit like last season. Last season he started badly and then got better. So you know maybe maybe that's working. It, it takes a little bit of time for the new guys to to get integrated into the team. But um, yeah, I'm quite hopeful. I as you can tell, I haven't gone to see, to, uh, to to watch them at, at Everton, and and that's that's something I would like to raise because I've I've tried to uh, sort out some away travel for the women's team because we there isn't the tradition of, of following clubs away quite the same the ways in, in the men's game so I've, I've, I did we did run a, a coach to Aston Villa but uh, I will admit that it wasn't anywhere near full and it made a loss so I'm not particularly popular with the rest of style but I would like I would like to be able to get that shifting and so if anybody that's listening to the podcast is is interested to going to watch the women away um, I know Pete, who does your reports, is very interested and is is eager to help me get it sorted. You know, if you could contact Star and, and let us know that you want to go, and, and we'll see if we can get a coach either t- towards the end of the season or or maybe you know start next season with with some more regular coaches to to go and watch the the women away. Yeah, certainly it is because it is that it's a culture thing, is a, a, a bit of a tradition thing as well in terms of going away because actually. In the men's game in other countries, you know, think of Spain and Italy, certain like certain top flight teams will only take like a hundred fans away, even though it's, you know, I guess it's maybe a bigger country and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it's something that you've got to kind of get going over time and definitely so something that um yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch with the podcast and if they're eager to help and everything, the usual uh, social media channels are the best way to do that for start as well. So Reading then kind of the relegation battle fears at the start of the season. I guess they've been tempered because Leicester have just lost every game, basically. Like, that's kind of how it's got, really, isn't it? Well, and and to be honest, we were losing to Leicester when we played them at our place. And, you know, it was it was two two goals right at the end of the game that meant we won it. And and that, I think, actually pushed Leicester further down and actually gave us a chance to to move forward. I think if we'd lost that game, we may well have been in the position that Leicester's in now. It, it was, yeah, and as long as they they carry on doing quite so badly, we'll, we'll be safe because there is only one one team relegated. I mean, that is, that is also part of the problem with WSL. With only 12 teams in the, in the league, you don't get this regular weekend after weekend, you know, home and away and so on. It, 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 it gets very bitty. You get gaps. It all stops for the internationals for more than a week. And, and yeah, it, you can't get into a habit. I think that's the thing, because I don't know about you, but I think men's football is very definitely a habit that you 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 manage to get yourself embroiled in. And then it's every every Saturday, especially when you're in the championship. I mean, if we get to the Premier League, it's going to be every Saturday or Sunday or whatever. But at the moment, it's every Saturday is 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 going to be football. And it just doesn't work like that in the WSL. Yeah, it's the flow, isn't it? Because, I mean, Reading yeah. have, we've got Everton away today, then we're at home to Man United uh, on the 22nd next week, got Leicester um, away in the FA Cup on the 29th and then away to Liverpool. And then there's a then there's a gap of about a month that I presume there would be at the fifth round of the FA Cup in if we get there, but that's a bit, bit of a thing. And it is the flow. I mean, obviously, as you say, championship football, I mean, to another extreme, I follow baseball and that, that is literally like every day that you really get stuck into and everything. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I think I've, I've always found that a bit of an issue with the women's game. And I, it it comes amid 
issues actually for like Arsenal and Chelsea. They say they're playing too often as well in the European uh, competitions and such. So it's a uh, it's a it's an issue that's going to have to be looked at and sorted out over the long term. I think so. Yeah, as I say, the the next time that Reading are back at the uh, the Select Car Leasing Stadium, January twenty second for two pm kickoff against Man yeah. United. So definitely that get is, yourselves that- down to that. Please do, because we've sold so many tickets that if we're not careful, it's going to be a Man United at home game, <laughs> in effect. Because, I, I mean, like, because they're a, they're a very new team, but because they're Manchester United, they have suddenly got a very large following. Yeah. You know, whereas Chelsea and, and, and Arsenal, um, when they come, they always bring a lot and, and usually have a few vocal people so that, you know, it does sound like it's a home game for them. and. That's really why I'd quite like to get us to get, you know, an away following so that we can actually return the favour to, to maybe the, the smaller clubs. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about, as we just mentioned, Man United, let's talk about Star as well, which is something that you're heavily involved in, because yeah. as the Man United FA Cup draw has come and the seating uh, allocation and all the details have been announced for that, that we're going for an 8pm kickoff in a fortnight on a Saturday evening up to Old Trafford, £46 a ticket for an adult, 3,000 tickets if you want them. So I think there's we'll probably probably sell that out, but I mean, it's not going to well, be I'm not hugely sure. easy to get to, is it? It's, I'm not sure. And, and to be fair to the club, they did actually uh, consult us before it was announced and, and basically said, we think it's going to be on television, either 12.30 or 5.30, and it's going to be £46. How many do you think we'll take? Um, and, and, you know, that is difficult to judge. And we tried to judge it. I mean, they, they've, they've got to make the decision because uh, Manchester United don't sell tickets on a, on a sale or return basis. The club has to buy all the tickets. So they're understandably reluctant to go for a larger allocation and just buy all those tickets at 46 quid to, and not sell them. Um, and, and, and then it, when I, I talked again to them and Paul said, it's actually going to be eight o'clock, we think. Uh, you know, it just it took the ground away completely because I mean, you know, what one of the star members said, you know, I've been to a few games up there in the cup. I'm not particularly interested in, in going, but my lad wants to go, so we'll go for him. But then you can't take a young a youngster up for an eight o'clock kick up on a Saturday night because you know you're not going to get home until God knows what hour, or or you've got to pay a fortune to to get a hotel room. It's just not going to work. Uh, and on top of that, you've got the the cost of of the tickets Um, because last time we went I don't know how many people realised the club actually subsidised the tickets because Manchester United wouldn't drop the ticket price to the the Premier League £30 limit for away fans Um, so the club actually subsidised them so that we did only pay 30 quid and and even then we only took just over 3,000 to the game so you know that that's that's the thinking behind only a three thousand allocation. The, the club really wants to sell out, but they're not sure at those prices that they will. Well, that's the thing as well is that I was I covered for work the other day the Charlton versus Man United game and they took nine thousand up, but they hadn't been to Old Trafford for like twenty years, and we've been yeah. to Old Trafford three times in the last five years for FA Cup games. So the novelty has. Worn off, let's face it. I mean, there's no disrespect to Man United to say that we're kind of a bit bored of going to Trafford for these uh, for these 4-0 defeats. So I think that plays a big role in it as well. So, 
yeah, yeah well, I mean, that, that's, that's why the youngsters are important because they're the ones that have probably missed out on those three. You know, us old jaded ones have, that have been three times don't, don't don't care quite so much. But the kids that haven't been there, they're the ones that want to are desperate to go. And I think the eight o'clock kickoff is just so difficult for them. Yeah, well, Star are doing the uh, doing the coaches. What are the details for the coaches to get to Old Trafford? Uh, it's thirty five pounds, which is um, actually we we probably really need to fill the coaches. Uh, you know that uh, that's close to a break even price to us because uh, that's the same price as we charged for Wigan. But in fact, the um, coaches are going to be a bit more expensive than they were to Wigan, which is presumably the you know fuel costs at the moment. Uh, as against to when we had the contract signed with Horsemans, so thirty-five pounds is 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 actually very very close to break-even price. Um, and we're leaving. Oh gosh, I can't remember now. <clears throat> uh, I think it was it's about half twelve or one o'clock sort of I, time, isn't it? I think it's something like that. Yeah, I mean it's normally allow a four-hour journey to the northwest and um, aim to get there two hours before kickoff. Um, and and often a well, the, the, a four-hour journey has to have a stop because the, the driver has to have a stop. So, yeah, it, that that sounds about right. Yeah, well, definitely. I think with the the fact that there's no trains back and uh, staying overnight yeah. might not be the option for everyone. I think getting the star coach is probably the best option for a lot of people. So hopefully, you will fill them. There has there has there has been a lot of interest as as I do the memberships. I'm only too aware of how many new members we've had in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Well, thanks very much for coming on then, Paul. It's been great to have an update on uh, Star as well as the women's team. So as I say, if you, you're listening to the podcast, go and check out the uh, Tireless Den po- uh, website and the blog for the uh, reports and everything on how the women's game went. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, starting the second half of the season with a, with a good result. I certainly hope so. Be loud and be proud and back the boys and make some noise. Come on, you Oz! Shout out to this week's podcast sponsor, ZCZ Films, showing that age is no barrier to being a hooli hoop. So welcome back and we're here for a big match preview to talk about Stoke away 3pm January 21st at the old Bet365 Stadium, a stadium that we haven't won at since October 2005, courtesy of a late Dave Kitson penalty. Uh, we've actually won our last two against Stoke, both at home, of course, having had 10 without a win before that. Stoke are just one of those teams, Harry, aren't they? That I think, generally speaking, you start a championship season and you think they're going to be there or thereabouts. You know, they've got some good players, not a bad manager in Alex Neal, but that actually it's just not clicked at all, has it? Three defeats in a row. And, you know, we go in there and you start to think that if we're going to start picking up points away from home, this kind of needs to be those sort of games that we're going to do it in. Yeah, I mean, from, yeah, Stoke have struggled, haven't they, ever since they've come back? come down to the championship from from the Premier League. I mean, like you say, they seem to sign pretty well every season and have good players and, you know, make decent managerial appointments on paper anyway. Um, but for some reason just doesn't click. I don't know if they're sort of, you know, they were so trapped in that Pulis era, weren't they, of, you know, the, how Stoke played football. You know, maybe it's just difficult for them to, to get out of that, you know. Like I said, ever since they've come down from the Premier League, they, they seem to struggle. But yeah, I completely agree. If we want to start picking po- points up away from home, and which, you know, everyone does, um, then the, these are the kinds of games you need to try and get three points in. Um, 
I think we we can. I think we more than can. I think we can cause Stoke problems. I think we can uh, we can get three points if we really really want them. Um, but yeah, it's a horrible ground to go to, really, isn't it? Um, with the last few, I mean, barring last season where it was the first game of the season, I think we've gone in the winter, the middle of winter, every single year since they've been down in in the championship, um, and it's been nil nils and rainy and and you know pretty drab affair. So I'm hoping for something a little bit different on on Saturday. Yeah, it's always it's one of those stadiums where the wind swirls around like no other, isn't it? And it really does. It's a little bit of a cliche, I know, but there's a reason why there's the cliche, isn't it? No smoke without fire. So well, the only other thing I'd say about Stoke really is that Josh Laurent is back in the team now. He started for their 3-1 defeat at Sheffield United yesterday. Lewis Baker there as well. Tarek Fosu, another former Reading player. So, yeah, they've got players that can hurt you. And I think it'll be pure... The purest of irony, isn't it? The Josh Lawrence, I mean, his his move to Stoke has not gone well. It's good to see that he's back fit and everything. I don't want it to go badly for him because he, he's, you know, good Reading player and I think he conducted himself very well at the club. But it would be the, the moment for him to get his first Stoke goal is against Reading, isn't it? That's just totally written in the stars for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it always seems to happen, doesn't it? Um Yeah, I have no qualms with how Laurent left. Like, I know some fans... Some fans do, you know. If if I was Lauren, I probably would have left in in the summer. You know, we were a bit of a shambles of a club back then, and you know, any any club in the championship was an upward step at that point in time. Um, but it's just unfortunate for Laurent that it hasn't hasn't sort of panned out how he probably expected it to go. I mean, I thought Ince's comments in the in midweek were were pretty interesting in saying that he spoke to three or four players who have left in the summer and. Um, and you know the grass isn't always greener as such. So yeah, maybe Laurent is one of them. I mean, I can't think of any anyone else. You know, Renault Motor and Swift are also left, obviously. Um, for for pastures new. Um, maybe Laurent was was being referred to there by Ince, but like you said, it's written in the stars that he'll uh, he'll pop up to bag bag a winner for Stoke in the ninetieth uh, minute, isn't it? Yeah, it feels that way. But let's talk about the prediction league to end the show then. Uh, for QPR, Westy pulled out a 2-2 draw, which, um, which I think he was probably a little bit of a consolation prize after a, a not great performance, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, 2-2 draw, which means that he goes to within two points of Ben Thomas, who's leading the prediction league this season. Ollie got a draw as well, so he's at a, a point up in the uh, wooden spoon race, which is with me, actually. So, um, otherwise, we all said wins. Um, funny enough, so that's all uh, a lot of not many, not many points for that. So I am going to go for that one nil defeat to Stoke this weekend. I think that it's just going to be, just going to be one of those games that that catches us out and is probably going to be a really low quality game of football, if I'm being honest. And and you know, Reading can come out on top of those games quite often, but yeah, away from home, we just haven't been able to to squeeze it out, have we? So I think that's going to happen. What do you think uh, for a score prediction for this week then? Yeah, I'm going to have to go for a one 0 win. I think we seem to to bounce back pretty well on the whole from disappointing results um, so far this season. So, yeah, I think we'll go for a one nil one nil win. But um, I completely agree with you. I don't anticipate many goals or goal mouth goal mouth action. Um, you know, it's, it's that's usually the case when we, when we go to Stoke. But you know, um, for some reason, I'm confident that we'll come out with with three points. <clears throat> 
Beautiful. Well, yeah, I think that uh, I, my feeling is that quite often you get in these games after about 15 minutes or so, you look at Twitter and you realise that there's actually been no updates because it's just not much has happened. I feel like this could be one of those games, certainly a prime candidate for for an under 2.5 goal scored uh, if you're that way inclined. So, yeah, we'll be back after uh, after that um, game. We've got a midweek free and then we'll have another midweek free actually before we go to Man United in the Cup. So next week we'll have lots of uh, lots to preview for that game going up to Old Trafford. But hopefully uh, Reading can, can go into that with a with a bit of a bounce back and a bit of a win. Thanks for Harry for, for popping on this week then. No worries, Mark. Anytime. I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we'll be back after the Stoke game. Hopefully, all of the things that I've just said about the Stoke game prove to be wrong. Hopefully, it's not a 1-0 defeat. Hopefully, it's not a drab, boring game. But this is the championship. Crazy things happen. Thank you for listening. Come on, you arse. You smile, funny how the